ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of the Pitch and Putt podcast. We're joined by myself, Nick, and our guest of the week, third overall guest, Ken Keller. Welcome to the stage. Excited to Happy have you to on. Be here, gents. We're, uh, we're going to break it down. First off, we're going to touch. We had no picks last week, but this week we had the Mexico Open. John Ron took it. Um, we had two random picks, and Ken, your mom, took John Rom as well. No one had Tony Finau. I had Cameron Champ. Shu had Shu and Will had Otterbon, Lahiri, <laughs> and uh, Nick, you had Carlos Ortiz. So pretty good showing from us making the cut. Can you took randomly Matt Jones, if you're wondering. <laughs> so, well, my, 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 the picks I make aren't very good either. So regardless, I'm just, it's a lose-lose for me, but. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll be back next week with the Wells Fargo Championship uh, and leading up here to the PGA. All right, next up on the pod, we have Ken Keller, Boardman, Ohio, Mooney graduate, now finishing up at Youngstown State University. Ken, we've been longtime friends, caddy, uh, pods partner i don't know i would say more i mean welcome to the pod it's great to have you on let's get right into it so i started playing golf when i was five years old you know my parents were you know shopping different sports and seeing what i enjoyed and you know what i you know had some type of talent in and you know soccer football baseball you know the whole nine yards and then you know golf just kind of clicked for me and then you know, my whole family golfs, you know, my, my parents do, my extended family does. And, you know, just kind of got into it, kind of got into it there. And I started competing when I was about eight years old, going through the U.S. kids circuit and, and the local stuff, the, the greatest golfers, U.S. kids, you know, all those tournaments. And, you know, just kind of developed a, a deeper love for it. And, you know, I started competing more and more. I got to about fifth and sixth grade. Then it started getting a little bit more serious. I would, you know, my parents would drive an hour, you know, to take me to stuff, whether it was Canton, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, wherever. And then, you know, just continued, continued developing the love. And then I realized like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, this is for me. And then I played basketball and baseball up until like seventh grade the freshman year of high school. But I, I kind of worked my way out of that because golf was where all my focus was and, you know, played, played for Mooney, you know, with Nick Bradich by my side, the one, two punch. And, you know, it was a good four years there. It was, it was a good experience. And it was interesting because, you know, you don't think of golf as a team sport. It's, it's all individual. So it was a interesting transition. So, you know, developing, you know, the team aspect of golf was, was interesting for me. And once I got used to it, I really enjoyed it. You know, got to, got to travel around Ohio, you know, qualified for state with Nick sophomore year, him and I came in sixth in in really tough conditions at Scarlet. That was, that was the highlight. And then, you know, Nick will tell you this, we got to play at Canterbury the following year. And that was probably, I don't know what was better state or Canterbury, but Canterbury was unique. You know, you go with your team, you get dressed up. It's, it's the whole country club feel. It was a lot of fun, something we weren't really used to. So that was fun. And then, you know, started looking at the next step. My senior year, I, I, I looked at a few schools, but Youngstown state was where I decided to go. And, you know, I've spent five years here and and just concluded, but got to go to some really cool places all over the country, you know, down south, even on the West Coast and in a lot of good courses around Ohio and, and PA, too. So we were very, very spoiled, 
got to play some great competition. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of my career for sure. You know, you're always going to want something a little bit more when it's all said and done, but, you know, looking back on it, it's, it, it's definitely been a great ride. And, you know, I definitely lived out my dream and I, I got one win in my junior year, right before COVID at, at mission end. So that was probably the biggest highlight of my career. And then, you know, just a lot of, a lot of steps in between and, and it all came down to conference and YSU has never, never won a conference championship in program history. So we, we had that weight on our shoulders all year and we knew it was going to be tough because Wright State is arguably the best team in the history of the Horizon League. And, and they had a, they have a top 100 player in the country and, and Tyler Yecki and, you know, they're, they're, they're stacked from top to bottom. So they were, they were just really, really tough to beat, but we played well. We broke all kinds of records. I shot 66 the first round which which tied Blue's record at the time and you know then I got broken two days later but that that was still fun but you know it was a great a great five years and you know I'm I'm gonna remember those experiences for the rest of my life so that that's a little bit about my golf career so that's the best I can sum it up hell yeah I think one memory that sticks out to me just in general with with us three especially just going to Avalon like every day in the summer when we were in high school, oh, I think yeah. that really, really grew our friendship. And then just like made us better players too. like always competing, like whether it be at Avalon or tournaments or in my backyard, always, always a great your time. backyard was, I mean, that's, that's where everything's centered around your backyard. And it's, it's <laughs> insane. I swear. I, I always say that my short game was the best when we would chip and putt in your backyard every day. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go to a course and practice putting and chipping. We would just mess around in your backyard, hitting crazy flop shots. And that that's when I felt like I was at my best, but <laughs> it, it, it's crazy how far we've come. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Just to, you know, kind of touch on that and being able to put probably, you know, eight years of, you know, kind of our friendship and, you know, your high school <laughs> and college career together and, you know, we've, we've seen each other grown. How would you, you know, kind of describe, you know, your, I guess your golf, well, you always wanted to throw the flop shots up in the backyard, but, you know, as you've seen yourself kind of progress, not only at a personal level with golf, but I'd say, you know, your golf kind of, you know, mentality, you know, with, you know, your life going on. So this is, I'm going to compare what I'm about to say to what Jordan Spieth once said, but the older I got, with golf you know I, I obviously had I cared about nothing more and I wanted to win I wanted to play well I, I wanted to do this wanted to do that I had all these specific expectations but the older I got I started to look at the bigger picture you know like I'm 23 years old now I'm, I'm finishing up college I'm getting ready to get into my career and I look at golf as more of like a blessing and it's like I don't care if I shoot 85 or I don't care if I shoot 65 like being able to compete and meet all these people and, and represent your school like that that's that's it itself like there's no pressure like you're living out something that's so so special so I didn't take it less seriously but I started looking at golf as like the bigger picture and I think caddying kind of helped me get that mindset to just networking and, and enjoying being on the course but you know it's just the older I got, I, I didn't take it less seriously. I just looked at the bigger picture and I, I started playing better. And, you know, I still practiced hard. I still, you know, worked hard every day. I still had that winning mindset, but I just, I looked at the bigger picture of how fortunate I was to be able to play all these cool courses, meet all these people, 
and 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 yeah, and and Jordan Spieth, uh, I think five years ago said in an interview, someone asked him, Jordan, like, do you still like compare your mindset on golf now versus when you were a kid? And he said, honestly, I wish I still had that mindset when I was a kid running around because you don't have a care in the world. You like like. I'd go out with you guys. We we'd go to Avalon. We go to Bradish's backyard. We we wouldn't care. We just go play golf. And it's like you had that. It was so special, and it that to me is the best way to view golf is to truly just enjoy it and have fun, no matter what, no matter where you're competing. But and then golf plays such a such a big role in my life because you know I I met you guys in high school. I, I became friends with Nick, and then we all formed our group. And it's like and here we are, like, we're all in different parts of the country and we're, we're still, we still got that brotherhood. We still keep in touch. We got our group chats. It's like, if it weren't for golf, I wouldn't have like my best friendships. And, you know, it's just that that's why there's such a great respect for the game of golf compared to any other sport, because it's just so unique. It's so unique, but it's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Uh, definitely, definitely a good way to wrap that up. Were, uh, were you more nervous on the first tee, you know, on the final round, you know, down there in Florida or like a double, triple, quadruple, nothing rollover in the backyard for a four footer. <laughs> I'm honestly, I mean, in the backyard, like I, when we would be messing around playing big games and like everybody's watching, it's like your friend, like it doesn't matter. Like you obviously want to win, but it doesn't actually matter. So like, why am I more nervous there? And then when, when the tournament in Florida, when I was a junior, I had a I had a five footer to at the time I thought it was to force a playoff, but there there was no playoff, so we we were both declared winners. But I didn't even feel a thing. Like I I felt no pressure at all. But when I got that five footer to the to the bottom cup, it's just green, and I don't know if it's gonna go left or right because like I always forget, and you just don't like. I'm more nervous when it, when it's like those situations than when it actually matters. Like it, it's weird how it works like that, but I, I was more nervous on those chip shots too, because there were so many shots back there where you had to get cute. You'd flub it into the bank and then, you, you know, you'd throw your club, you'd get really mad. And it's just like, I felt more pressure back there. I feel like <laughs> but different kind of pressure, I guess, but it was different feeling for sure. Definitely. So Ken, what's your low round? Just like non-competitively and then competitively, is it the same? Uh, my low round ever is sixty-five at Trumbull, but in relation to, I mean, that's only five under. So mm -hmm. I shot sixty-six twice, one at Cumberland Trails in Columbus, and then you know this past weekend at Mission End. So the lowest lowest eighteen-hole score is six under par for me. My lowest nine-hole score was was thirty at, at, at YCC when I. And I bogeyed the 16th hole. I was, I'm still salty about you got, that. You got to tell us we'll about, that. about that. You got to tell us so, about that. that tournament. Your dad so too. I was, oh, my dad was classic. So it, it was the collegiate preview. It was my, going into my sophomore year. This, you, you were playing in it too, right, Nick? Because yeah. you were going to be a junior. So we were playing the collegiate preview still together. And, you know, YCC, I, I play there every day. It's our home course. And, and you know, now I belong there. So it, it's like, it, it's just another round of golf. But I go out. And on the front nine, it's par 36, 35. Front nine, I shoot 42. I made a triple, two doubles, a couple bogeys. And my dad was out there watching me. And, and my dad was like, all right, like, you know, he's, he's not playing well. Like, he probably, he's frustrated. You know, he, he went home. So he, uh, I go out and play the back nine. 
I parred 10 and 11. I birdied 12, 13, 14, 15, bogeyed 16, birdied 17 and 18 to shoot five under. And, you know, I won, I won by one because it was just 18 holes and, and quadruple my, my teammate shot 73. And, and I still, I still give him shit for it. Like <laughs> I still give him a lot of crap because he's like, he was so mad at me. He's like, dude, are you serious? Like you had to shoot 30. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, whatever. But then I called my dad. I was like, yeah, just letting you know, like I actually ended up winning. So <laughs> he, probably he was win. like, are you serious? He's like, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I shot 500 on the back. He's like, why, why didn't you, why, like, how do you go from playing so bad to, like, not missing a shot? It's just, it's how golf works. It's funny. 100%. But, yeah, so that was, that was something. But, yeah, 30 is my low nine-hole score. 66 is my low 18-hole score. And they're, they're both in tournaments, and it was both on a par 72. So that, that, that felt good. Hell yeah, I felt good, especially at conference my senior year when I had I had some family down there. I had my uncle and, and my cousins down there from Florida and New York, so it was in front of them too. It was, hmm. it was really really special. It was really really special. So hell yeah. So what are your plans after YSU? So right now, in the short term, I'm finishing up my MBA in leadership and strategic management. I'll be done with that in August, and then I'm going to caddy this summer. And then as of right now, I, I plan to start working hopefully by the end of the year in medical sales. And I haven't, I'm still, I'm still kind of undecided on what I want to do because I, I, I still want to chase that dream of turning pro, but the older I get, I, I still want to do it. And I think I can, I know I got to get better and continue to get better every day, but it, I, the financial burden of turning pro is is pretty significant, but, you know, after conference, when, um, you know, we were saying goodbye to everyone, like, you know, guys from the other team that were done to their parents and everything. I, I mean, I had competitors and, and, you know, their parents come up to me and say like, you, are, are you going to try to turn pro? Because, you know, I, they, they've watched me grow up. They've watched me compete. They've watched their kids compete. And, and there's a lot of talent in the horizon league, but they're like, are you, are you going to try to turn pro? And I was like, I, I don't know. I want to, and I've always said, I would rather, I would rather try and fail than not try and not know, but it's just the, the financial aspect of it is, is such a big factor for sure. So it's tough to say, but uh, right now my, my plan is to, I want to work first and then try it, but that makes it almost impossible and it makes it so much harder, but I don't, I don't want to have the financial responsibility of trying to turn pro and you know spending two grand on qualifiers and, and definitely it's, it's just hard it's yeah. hard but that's my plan as of right now at least you got a bunch of um amateur tournaments you can still play into and yeah keep the competitive juices flowing which is nice like ohio and uh, all that stuff so ohio absolutely Open. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop playing in in those type of events you know you know we'll see where i'm at in four years if i'm working every day but i i still want to compete you know, I got a U.S. Open qualifier in, in 10 days at Butler and excited for that. And then I, I'm, I'm thinking about playing in the Northeast Ohio Am. Why? I, there's no reason. I just I, I want to compete. Like, yeah, I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready to give that up yet. 100 percent. That's where I stand right now. Yeah. I mean, you've always been playing like a bunch of tournaments like growing up. And yeah, I don't see why not keep it going for sure. If you enjoy it, why not? Exactly. It's just crazy how time flies, though. It's you know, insane. It's, it's like 
snap your fingers and you're, you know, I got an extra year at YSU and it's still over way more, way faster than I could have expected. You know, I always was told, enjoy every step, enjoy every round because it goes by fast. And I, and I did enjoy every round. I knew my days were limited at YSU and, and it's still, it, I walked up that last hole. I, I, you just still can't believe it. It's like every single tournament this year, I knew it was the last time I'm playing here. It's, it's, it's coming to an end. And it still just was so surreal walking up that last hole. That was, that was an emotional day for sure. Very emotional day. Definitely. All right, folks, let's keep it moving. The next real big thing is that we're all involved in. Uh, Got to mention the greatest golf for the Valley. And last year we were able to participate and Ken led us uh, and structured and created the event kind of, what was your title? Director. I like event co-manager. Todd called me the president, but if we we all worked together. We I was the together. assistant to the tournament director. <laughs> the, the assistant to the assistant <laughs> regional manager. AAR AARM. <laughs> yeah. So last year we had the greatest day of golf where we were playing all day. We teed it off roughly at five forty-five in the morning when the sun was just peeking through, and we finished up at nine p.m. Nick and I were able to play like two hundred holes flat. In that time, we took a we took a break, but it was it was an unreal day, and uh, we're happy to announce that June twentieth we'll be kicking it off again. So we'll be posting here, reaching out for some donations, like uh, like we did last year. We'll see how many we get. It should think, be an exciting. Think of the year. kids, people. Think yep. of the children, the boys and girls. <laughs> but, you know, Todd Todd even said that you know they they obviously don't rely on it because but it, it helps them a yeah. lot the total and, last year you know, was like thirty six thousand. i think it was yeah like 30 between 35 and 40 and i think what was our goal like 12 yeah and, we, you know we, 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 we tripled that and, and you know obviously you guys were the were the dark horses of the whole thing i mean you guys were you guys really you guys took it seriously and i think that you know that's obviously a reflection of uh your character and, and your determination to create a positive impact and i think that i think that speaks a lot of volume but you know it's it's a good event and we're looking forward to doing it again definitely yeah i think um i think it was just like a fun idea to play as many holes as we could in a day like something we've never done before and then on top of it obviously helping out a great cause and an impact that we could see physically um with the money that we raised it was it was pretty cool like going into there before and after into the boys and girls club and talking to the directors and managers there and like seeing their reactions, like they're really, really touched by what we did to help them. Absolutely. And, and the way I look at it is, you know, golf is such a strong foundation and in, in all of our lives. And, you know, we obviously our friendships were formulated through golf and, you know, all the memories we have together and, you know, all the privileges that we've gotten to have because of golf, I think that, you know, we all view it as a great opportunity to give back and by doing something that we love, you know, even though you're, you're roughing it, playing golf all day, you know, you're out there with your friends, you're out there for a good cause. And, you know, it's, it, like I said, it's a great reflection of character. hundred percent. So yeah. Uh, yesterday, Saturday, got my second hole in one in my career, uh, black lake golf golf course down in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy round. I was one under through nine and then started the back bogeying 
11 through 14. So I was down to three over. I was like, what is going on? Like just bogey to par five. Um, and I was like playing a match with my buddy, Jake. I was, I was down in that. I ended up wanting to press him on the tee box. I was like, all right, like well, last four holes, like, let's see what happens. He goes first, hits a nice little fade in there to like 15 feet. I'm like, geez, I really just pressed him and he puts one to 15 feet. Like I got to do something here. And then uh, 183 yards, pull an eight iron, a little downwind. And honestly, like his shot gave me a good visual, little fade. So um, I ended up going with a fade myself. Faded in perfectly. It was, it was right at it. Landed about 10 feet short. And it's rolling up. Like, we're like, bro, that's, that's in, that's in, that's in. And then, like, we thought it went in. Like, we were going crazy on the tee. And I was like, all right, like, let's see. Like, I don't know. I don't want to, like, celebrate too much right now and, like, it not be in. But, um, yeah, we're driving up to the green and don't see anything. I hop out of the cart and run to the green and check in the hole. And sure enough, it's in the bottom. Little title is one action, but <laughs> <laughs> he had that thing ready. Literally amazing. <laughs> like that's like the beautiful thing about golf. Just like when you least expect it, something, something crazy can happen. Oh my gosh. Like it was, it was so cool. I like how you said That's you were insane. you were pissed that you just pressed and then the guy hit it to 15 feet and then well, well what's going through his head oh my god this guy just pressed me and he got a hole in one are you serious <laughs> I mean yeah ended up I, taking the press too that was that was awesome but I heard there were rumors when uh, when you guys played it last week that that whole you know you thought something special was gonna happen yeah it's actually pretty a week funny later. pretty funny oh my my, uh, my buddy Jared his roommate. He was like talking like both part threes in the back nine, like something special is going to happen. Like we need to see a hole in one. And then sure enough, like the next week later on the same course, 15. Here it is. Just crazy. Yeah. I, just, I couldn't, hilarious. I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. That's insane. Ended up shooting 73 too. Like really good round. That's kind of how my first hole in one was too. I was, I think I was like five or six over through eight at YCC and then hole in one and end up shooting 75. Like, Flips the vibes. Great timing for it, for sure. Hole in one sounds like a good way to get yourself going. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that's, that's awesome. sweet. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've I've seen Ken too. Ken and Will. Uh, don't even two, get me started. Two of the about best my iron players. One experiences. Two of the best iron players I've ever played with, and uh, especially Ken, thirteen at. Uh, Mill Creek. That, that was, was, I got to tell you about the story at Indiana Country Club, but I, I want to talk about this whole first. How, I'm still, I, I can't, speaking of things, I'm still salty about. How does that not go? That was actually like absurd. That was like the most perfect shot I've ever had. It was like, what was it? A back, a back middle pin, yep. like 143. This was what, sophomore year, high school, maybe. A little tight nine iron draw, lands three feet left of it, and jumps left right towards the hole. Perfect scenario. And then I, I'm looking, I'm like, oh man, it's close. I get up there and like a fifth of the ball is hanging over the hole. If it would have moved oh. anymore. And I love that hole too. 13 hole. on the South is a, like, it's a really good little part three. And I, I, I still can't believe that, but I was insane. The craziest was I'm playing at Indiana country club in Indiana PA. We're on, uh, what hole is it? Uh, four, five, six. No, we're on seven. Okay. It was like 162 yards over water, you know, tree lined and there's a back pin. I flighted an eight iron right at it. And, and we see the ball land. This is when the foam was in the hole. <laughs> we, we see the ball land 
and it bounced. It's like right on the stick, bounces over the green. It looked like the ball landed on a cart path and just bounced over the green. We're like, what the hell? Like, what just happened? We walk up there. My ball flew into the hole, hit the side of the cup, and bounced over the green. It didn't even hit the foam. Like, the greens were so soft that my ball just went right through and landed perfectly on the left rim of the hole. Like it, like I'm about like you're playing beer pong and you throw it and the ball bounces over the table. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. And I, I said, you have got to be kidding me. I still got a picture of it. I gotta see if I find it. You guys keep talking. Ken, what about uh, number 12 at windmill too? Yeah. So I've had two almost hole in ones there. And yeah, now that I think about it, there's so many holes on this earth where it's like, how did I not get a hole in one there? Then, you know, it's like, I, I don't even want to get into it. But yeah, I, I hit a seven iron. This thing, land, greens are firm. This ball is rolling perfectly like a putt right up the center of the hole. And it hits the flag stick and knocks off two inches. My dad was watching. He said, if that pin was pulled, then it would have gone in. Because it was rolling like a putt, but it, it, ticked, it ticked the pin, which, you know, that, that just happens so many times. But <sighs> I don't even know. I gotta find this picture. Because I mean, Brian and Nick, I'm sure you've seen it, but Will, I gotta show you. But it was it was unbelievable. There was a there was a story of I, I don't know who told me it, but I'm just I'm this is still a cool story, so I'm gonna tell it anyway. This guy was playing by himself and he was getting hit into all day. And this part three, I think it was like an elevated part three or something. The guy was still on the green putting and the group behind him hit into him, but they, they couldn't see him. But it was like the third or fourth time the guy's getting hit into. The guy picks the ball up, puts it in the hole, goes to the next tee. Why do I feel like this was at Kensington? I, I don't know, but it was somewhere. And the guy picks the ball up and puts it in the hole. And then he walks off. Like he's had it. He just puts the ball in the hole and leaves. And then like two minutes later, he hears the group behind him celebrating, going crazy because Oh, it's like we got a hole in one guy got a hole in one. And then after the round, they're at the bar and the guy that the single that was getting hit into walked up to the group of people and said, Hey, by the way, you didn't get a hole in one. Stop hitting into me. I put the ball in the hole. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I don't know who told me that, but it, it happened somewhere. And I think, I think that's hilarious. That's but insane. Did, did, did he let him buy a drink first? I, oh, I, oh my it might god have as that would have been drinking. the ultimate it might have been as they were drinking celebrating i gotta find out that would have been the story. ultimate dick move it might have been one of my teammates but I'm, I'm not sure but this week's mailbag questions uh gonna be generated from one of us with now the hole in one but it stemmed from the guys when they're playing the group you know normally when you get a hole in one you're buying drinks for everyone else and nick was explaining yesterday or that you know, yesterday when they went out People were buying him drinks. That is the culture I'm here for. Uh, I, I think that is, is something I can get around. But, Nick, I feel like you definitely, now that you have two, I think I feel like you've experienced both sides of it, one at YCC and the second one being, like, out just at a round. Yeah, the YCC one was weird because, like, it was a Sunday afternoon and, like, not many people were there. But, like, obviously, like, got my dad and, like, my mom a drink after, like, we met up. But, um, yeah, yesterday, like, Jake, like, we got lunch, and, like, he got me one there, and then we went out after the game. This is pretty funny. Um, my my friend's girlfriend went up to the bar and got us shots, and the bartender was like, what's the occasion? She's like, oh, my friend got a got a hole-in-one today. So we got, like, double shots, like, like big cups, like, full for, uh, with green tea. It was so funny. Oh, my God. 
But um, yeah, I ended up like buying like I saw my two other friends I played with. I I bought them drinks, but yeah, like the vibe definitely was like everyone was, was just like feeding me drinks, which is pretty cool. It's definitely like a weird. That. Yeah, it's like a weird. It's a weird thing, but I don't know. It's like an unwritten rule. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. I feel like it should be the opposite. Everyone should be buying you drinks. But yeah, yeah it's kind Ar- of weird. Yeah, yeah. In Arizona, Doc was just buying everyone drinks. That was <laughs> that was an unreal, unreal night. But yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I feel like at least the guy who gets it should buy in for the group he's playing with. Okay. And maybe Absolutely. like. And maybe like the group, like if you're playing like a like a eight like game eight person game or yeah, something like that, like whoever's there, for whoever's sure in the then. game, yeah, not the not the whole club, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. That's a good one. But I'll tell you what, Nick, what's your you and Will? What's your favorite? What's the favorite course you guys have ever played in college? Tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like really bad conditions. It was like borderline snowing but oak hill was really cool we didn't play like the course they play for the tournaments but we played like yeah oak hill west is pretty cool yeah i actually thought nick i thought aronda quaite was better than oak hill west i agree with that honestly that those greens are really nice and had some like interesting holes that, i feel like oak hill was kind of a lot of the same type of holes yeah but yeah you got a lot of a good variety there for sure i mean it didn't help that we were playing in snow and i had on leggings Oh, golf pants, insane. which were irrelevant, were at that point, and rain pants on top of that. It was insane. I think it didn't I, didn't matter. I think Dawta too in South Carolina. I for spring. That's break. probably the best. Like if someone said my my favorite like tournament course I played, I'm probably picking Dawta. Yeah, that was always a great time, like kicking off the year, and I guess CCC too. Yeah, Columbus Country Club. That, yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a good course of the week. That or like Wedgwood. I know like the three of us have played it played both of them <laughs> wedgwood's good too there's some there's some good holes at wedgwood yeah wedgwood's interesting for sure it's just Walk crazy though. 18th hole at... <laughs> oh yeah it's that's probably the dumbest par five I've ever <laughs> the I worst mean, par five finishing hole i've ever played in my entire life i mean it's like it's one of those holes where you feel like well it's 600 yards isn't it it's it's yeah it's really insane. long Insane. But it's one of those holes where it's like the layup is just as hard as if you go for it. <laughs> I feel like I can't remember. I just remember it gets real narrow up by the green, but, but you got to lay it back to like 150. That's right. That's what it is. Like, and then you got to hit your pro shot over water and water left. You're just like, yeah, what that's is- how that's that's how 17 admission in is like you got to you got to hit over water and then there's a tree in the middle of the fairway. So you got to lay up to like 150. It's just hard to think of a par five as a true birdie hole when you got to hit driver, pitching wedge, pitching wedge. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird. And I, I've never really understood it, but isn't it crazy how many courses we played in college where we would look at each other and say, man, can you imagine if we played this place in the summer, it would actually be really pure. And then you look around, it's, it's sleeting, snowing, 30 mile an hour winds, 30 degrees. It's, it's, yeah the spring season that's how that's how elk's run was well it was i mean it was like it was snowing in the practice round oh yeah that's right wait what was was that three or four weekends ago that was yeah like early april and i was hitting seven from 130 (laughs) it was that cold sounds like cincinnati yep oh yeah but that's a good course too that is a good course i know you and i were texting about that but it's yeah that's a good course a lot of good ones down there a lot of good ones. Oh yeah. 
I'll still probably say Dalta. Like on the the vibes, the vibes of Dalta are always like so good. Like spring break, like playing the whole teams there. It's it's more just the vibe of the tournament mm-hmm. than I think like the actual like course itself. Even though the course was great, mm-hmm. I think it was just the vibe of the tournament for me. For sure, like by the ocean, spraying some balls into the marsh. There's something that, to be said about a well-run tournament. Yeah. But then, I mean, Columbus Columbus Country Club is sweet. But I don't know. Like I said, it was just a vibe of the, the, vibe of the South. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Uh, I mean, I got a few. I, I, I think my favorite tournament was Akron's because we stayed on property – in in, oh, in, these con, in the condo behind 18 green on the north you know that they fed you in the clubhouse and you know whether it was you know other logistical stuff like you know tea times you know you get the range for like this time slot you get to putt for this time slot, you get to practice whenever you want like it was and i want to say it might have been no it was 36 18 but they just they accommodated us so well there and that that's probably my favorite tournament but my favorite course, Athens Country Club is down in Georgia. And a lot of people compare it to like, they call it like Augusta's little sister. It was Georgia's event. And that one was really, really good. I, I like Pete Dye Club. Pete Dye Club was was awesome. Um, I really liked Butler's course in Indianapolis Highland Park. It was, it was a you know, it was an old style country club, you know, really, really pure, you know, there's not a lot of water, there's like no water, you know, no out of bounds. It's just back and forth tree line, but it was just stupid pure. That's probably my favorite course from the spring, but there's just, there's, there's so many great golf courses that we've all gotten to play. It's just hard to pick one. Yeah. I would agree. This is sweet. Cool to talk to Ken. Uh, definitely thankful for our friendship. I feel like we push each other to new heights for sure. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and it's going to be even better. It's going to be more enjoyable playing because it's not going to be as much now, but it's going to be special every time we play for sure. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now in the, the past golf trips that we've had have been great and the, here's to the future ones, but uh, thanks for coming on the pod. The third official guest episode 14 of the pitch and putt podcast. All right, boys. Thank you very much. Me. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers. Gentlemen, you got it. Thank you.